Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the CDC. So grab your moon germs. And let's get civical. Oh my god, hi. Hi. It's, you know what, I'm excited because this is our 70th episode. It is, that is insane to me. We've done this 70 times. Seven zero. Seven zero times. We have covered so much and there's still, like, we haven't, we've barely scratched the the surface. Like Tip of the iceberg. There's so much to do still. Which is yeah. great for us. <laughs> <laughs> the show will go on. It simply has to go on. <laughs> and on, um, on, and on. Every day I like read the news and I'm like, oh my God, we have to keep going. <laughs> yes. We simply must cover. The job is not done. No. But it's a very, I'm excited that we've done 70 episodes, definitely celebrating. And I can't think of a better way to celebrate than to talk about the CDC. Hell yeah. Talk about a party. <laughs> Talk about prom queen right now, the CDC. They, they're, really, they're really running the show over there. They're really having their day in the sun uh, right now, right. which, but <laughs> I mean, we all, because I feel like, I don't know, we all know, we all, we are familiar with the CDC, but it's like, right. where did she, it's not like, it's not like the founding fathers were like, you know what we need, guys? A center for disease control. <laughs> That's and right. then they put it on parchment, they got some leeches, and then they're like, let's do this. Like, it came from somewhere. Let's study, you know, the, this cough that people seem to have and, like, throw a leech on them, see what it yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. People are dying young. Yeah. Yes. We gotta figure this out. What can we do about that? Yeah. So yeah. we are tackling the CDC. It's very exciting. And yeah, I can't wait to to talk about where it's from. Yeah, where, like how she's developed, who she is now. She <laughs> she has had you know it. She a star studded history. Yeah, of like tackling just every major like health crisis that you sure. could possibly like come off the top of your head. They were like, got it, doing it. Yeah. I mean, but, like, 
I can't imagine them not saying that. Imagine the CDC was like, ooh, we're going to pass. We're going to pass on this one. Hard pass. Sorry. Doesn't really feel like us. No. Ebola's not. Sorry. That's not us. mm. Yeah. Go try FEMA. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they'll help you. Maybe they'll help you. I'm sorry. Yeah. I would love, I would love for that to be the response of just like, (laughs) oh, so sorry. So sorry. Um, but let's start just with the simplest question, which yes. is, what is the CDC? Mm. And most of these notes are coming from the CDC website itself. God yeah. bless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Other notes are coming from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, NPR, and Association for Professionals in Infection Control. Yes. Wow. That's a blah, blah, blah. Hope that's an acronym. It is an acronym. It's called oh, APIC. Great. Yeah. APIC. APIC. It's a very helpful website. And they like had a really great breakdown of like, here are all of the agencies within the Department of Health and Human right. Services. And like it was very the very so shout out to APIC. <laughs> shout out to APIC. Okay. Let's start it off. Yeah. So The CDC, or Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, is a United States federal agency under the Department of Health and Human Services. What I love off the bat is it's called the CDC, which is Centers for Disease Control. And then there's also and prevention. Oh, it's covered. I, I will, I'm just like, that's just the funniest thing to me. And I will get there. But like. I I, I knew you would find that. Because CDC is better, not CDC. (laughs) Just a p- CDC. P- 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 <laughs> okay. It is headquartered in Atlanta with offices in 10 cities across the country. Atlanta. Very interesting. Very. Like you would yes. think it would be in, I don't know, Washington CDC. <laughs> you would think they're also like, is there's an office in Washington. There's also like two or three in Ohio. Well, like there's I one mean, in Cleveland. A lot of disease. One, <laughs> a lot of disease in Ohio. Yeah, but there's a couple there. They're all, but they're all spread out. But there is a reason why it's in Atlanta. Okay, great. Yeah. Originally, the acronym for CDC stood for Communicable Disease Center. Yeah. In 1970, it became the Center for Disease Control. And in 1981, after extensive reorganization, Center became Centers, plural. And the words, quote, and prevention were added in 1992, but by law, the well-known three-letter acronym was retained. I yeah. love that they, like, Marie Kondo'd themselves. Yeah. They were like, we just need to look inward and kind of do a rebranding. First of all, we're not a center, we're centers, plural. We're, we're multiple. Yes. Exactly right. And then also, we're not just controlling we're preventing right eventually they were like we don't want to just respond to the things that are already here we want to produce information that keeps people healthy so that they don't get these diseases and that when we see something coming from afar we take measures to protect the american people right proactive but i love that they just felt so strongly that it should also be in the name like they could have done all of that and just kept centers for disease control. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Okay, the CDC employs more than 21,000 full-time employees and contractors in 170 different occupations and has workers in all 50 states and in more than 50 countries. Nearly 15,000 employees work in Atlanta. I mean, I would hope that they have something in every state. Otherwise, what's the point? Yes. You know? Yeah. You got to have them in every state. I wonder who the one lone person working in Wyoming is. <laughs> sure. Sure. Where it's are just, they located and what do they do? It's just Craig. It's CDC Craig. CDC Craig. It's definitely Craig. Yeah. Most of its employees have a background in medicine or science. Well, thank goodness. But yep. the agency also employs accountants, budget administrators, and more. Well, you yep. got you to gotta crunch the numbers. And so, like, everybody has an accountant. Uh, you, the doctors have to have some somebody to turn like, in their receipts to. Somebody's right. got to keep track of the money. We're we're doing a lot with the money at the CDC, apparently. Yes. It's FY20 budget, which was October 2019 to September 2020, was $12,787,506,000. Yes, and do not feel bad about counting the numbers because in their budget, it's all in dollars. It's dollars in thousands? Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> I've taken a, I don't want to get this wrong. And I've taken accounting. I'm, I just add zeros. Great. I just add zeros. You just yeah. add zeros. Just add yeah. the zeros. Yeah. The president has proposed cutting the FY21 budget, which would be October 2020 to September 2021, by more than $160 million with cuts to emerging and zoonotic infectious diseases, chronic disease prevention and health promotion, the study of birth defects and developmental disabilities, environmental health, public health scientific services, occupational safety and health, and public health preparedness and response. Perfect. It's a perfect time Absolutely. to do that. It's a perfect time to cut all of those budgets. Snip, snip. Snip, snip. Yeah. Cut it. Cut it we don't. We don't need to. We don't. A public health preparedness and response is not an important feature of our daily American life right now. We've proved we can wing it. Yep. So just for fun, let's compare the CDC with another agency we've been hearing a lot about, the NIH, which is the National Institutes of Health, uh, just to get a clear idea of what is different about e each of the agencies and what they do. So the CDC promotes health and quality of life by preventing and controlling disease, injury, and disability, it's in the name, by working with partners throughout the nation and in the world to monitor health, detect and investigate health problems, conduct research to enhance prevention, develop and advocate sound public health policies, implement prevention strategies, promote healthy behaviors, foster safe and healthful environments, and provide leadership and training. So that's the CDC. That's what she's doing. It's very like research based, but also like very public facing. Like sure, it's activating their research and what they know in the in in the like to help the public and their health. Right. They interact. And right. then on the opposite side of the coin, the National Institutes of Health, which is also a federal agency under the Department of Health and Human Services. That is the primary federal agency for conducting and supporting medical research. It helps to lead the way towards important medical discoveries that improve people's health and save lives. 
The NIH scientists investigate ways to prevent diseases as well as the causes, treatments, and even cures for common and rare diseases. Composed of institutes and centers, the NIH provides leadership and financial support to researchers in every state and throughout the world. Yeah. So they're like, they're the researchers. There's like, yeah, they're are they the one that. looking for the vaccine? Is that what they're up to? I do believe so, yes. I would hope so right now. Yes. I do declare we do need it. <laughs> I do declare they need to be doing all that medical research. Absolutely. And in the simple terms, the CDC normally takes the lead on outbreaks ranging from the 2009 flu pandemic to Ebola to lung injuries caused by vaping. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Vaping is real. The vaping is real. The CDC is normally a credible, reliable source of infectious diseases knowledge led by physicians, scientists, and epidemiologists capable of fielding detailed questions about what is scientifically known and what is not. Big on that last one. Yeah. In past health emergencies, the agency, the CDC, has not only provided specific numbers and data about the changing status of an epidemic, but also offered informed commentary on the likely course of an outbreak and the best-known strategies for mitigation and containment. The agency is usually in close contact with state public health agencies and has an overview on what is happening across the entire country. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they're really keeping tabs. Yes, all that's coming from a piece by Nell Greenfield Boyce from NPR. Those are all yes. direct quotes from her, which is, and it was in a really great article that she wrote about like what the CDC, what they're, in general, what they've done in the past and how they're doing it now, given, you know, the coronavirus. Yeah. So, yeah. In normal times, they, you know, they, they take a bigger lead and they have put out, you know, restrictions and guidelines, but, you know, some people don't want to follow them. No. So let's talk, let's give a little history about the CDC. You know I love her story. What's her story? The CDC's origins are very, very closely linked with malaria control and control activities in the U.S. Sure, same. Yeah. I mean, that's my reason for being. Absolutely. They were like, malaria, (laughs) let's get a Lizzie. Let's get a Lizzie. And here I came. There you go. On July 1st, 1946, in Atlanta, the Communicable Disease Center was created as a new component of the U.S. Public Health Service. The 40s, man. They were Those banging darn stuff 1940s. Out. They had all that, po- that you know, post-war boom, all, everybody's back, you know, haven't, we're not really in the Korean War yet. We're not sending the, sure. you know, it's, we had time. We had time. We had time. Also, I'm so glad they changed it from Communicable Disease Center because that is not easy to say. It's not easy to say. I don't love it. Bad name. Bad name, but they did adjust. They did adjust. They did adjust. And they were, you know, when it was the Communicable Disease Center, when it first started, they were like, we got to control malaria. Malaria. How are people getting this? It is. Couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. The CDC was born. This is all coming uh, from the CDC website. The CDC was born out of the Office of Malaria Control in War Areas, oh which was, okay. I know, I know, <laughs> an actual agency, which was an agency that, that was established in 1942 with the goal of limiting the impact of malaria and other vector-borne diseases. I love that. I feel like that's, I feel like I can't even imagine us doing that right now of like, hey, we have a lot of military folks or even just folks in general that could potentially be exposed to this one particular disease let's create an entire office yeah no absolutely not 
I would I love never know. The 40s, yes. 1940s is the place to be. I mean, they were like, you know. what do we, what, let's make an office. Give me a budget. Let's make an office. Yeah. Yeah. Let's they just, really... let's actually work this out. <laughs> let's work the problem, people. Sure. Let's not make things worse by guessing. Right. What's that from? I don't that know. Is a... Oh, it's so I'm good. So it's Ed Harris from Apollo 13. Oh, you know, I can't watch that film. It's so stressful. It's so stressful. I don't, I don't have I just... the temperament. My, my, my nerves. <laughs> God. I, I know that they're going to be fine, but when they're yes. coming back in oh, the it's atmosphere, so stressful. I'm just... And the water is hitting them and, you know, yeah. the flames around, dying of sickness. Like, and, <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm so strict. Kevin Bacon's there. It's the most stressful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's very stressful. It's very stressful. Oh, oh my god but ed harris is so good in that movie oh he's just love a shout out to like ed, ed harris. harris friend of the show <laughs> friend of the show god back to the cdc the government located the cdc in the south of the right. u.s uh, yeah because it was where most of the malaria transmissions were occurring sure yeah so in today's time it would be like locating the center for coronavirus control in manhattan is your exactly actually, right? New York, yeah. maybe actually like out in maybe like Queens. The Queens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The agency successfully eradicated the disease malaria in 1951. Yeah, although we it's did. still, yeah, yeah, we the did. The Nazis we... and then malaria. <laughs> Taking them down one at a time. Though they still study malaria and other, you know, infectious diseases. There were not many epidemiologists back in the 1940s. It wasn't until Dr. Alexander Langmuir arrived that the CDC was able to fully realize, you know, the possibility of what they could study and the impact that they could have. Gotcha. Yep. They were like, so, there's other diseases. Yeah. And like, where are they coming from? And how do right. they spread? And what's the, like, how do they work? They didn't, it was a new field. And so it yeah. wasn't just like, you know, we need to figure out, like, we, we need to understand the disease in order to figure out how to help the people get better. Right. Right. And to, like, get rid of the disease. So they, that, this was when all of that was starting, that kind of thinking about disease. So within months of arriving, Dr. Langmuir launched the first ever disease surveillance program, which confirmed his suspicion. I know. Confirmed Track. his suspicion. Exactly <laughs> as I thought. <laughs> Gosh Track darn it, I was right. <laughs> which confirmed his suspicion dun, da, 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 that malaria, on which the CDC spent the largest portion of its its budget, had long since disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I don't uh I don't think there's any more cases of malaria. And then everybody like, looked I, around and they were like, Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, you're so right. You're exactly malaria. Right. There's none. Crazy. None. Yes. So from then on, disease surveillance became the cornerstone on which the CDC's mission of service to the states was built and in time changed the practice of public health. I love so, it. So, yeah. So early was like, oh, oh, we can do this. We yeah. can do this. We can, like, learn about a disease and then we can tell people what we know and give them guidance. I get it. I get it. On board. Gotcha. Two major health crises in the 1950s demanded the attention of the CDC. Very mm. uh, bossy diseases. And ensured the agency's survival after the eradication of malaria because they were like, all right, it's gone. What do we do? We need Should another we... disease. We, we need, need another... another case. Right. We need more work. Otherwise, yeah. we're going to fold up shop. 
So the first one was poliomyelitis. I think sure. Myelitis is how you say it. Polio. So there was a, a, a vaccine for polio they had developed. But in 1955, children who had been vaccinated with the Salk vaccine, which is the polio vaccine, mm-hmm. that was approved by the government for the disease, began displaying symptoms of That's the disease. It's not good. The National Polio Vaccine Program was stopped. And the CDC tried to get to the bottom of, like, what was going on with this resurgence with polio. The cases were traced back to a contaminated vaccine from a lab in California. They blew it. They blew it. They blew it. They blew it. Yep. The problem was corrected and the vaccines, the inoculation program against polio was resumed. The resistance of six and seven-year-olds to polio compared to that of older children who had gotten the real vaccine proved the effectiveness of the vaccine. So they, like... The CDC was like, listen, there was this other problem. We stepped in and figured it out. Ironed it out. Ironed it out. And we can prove to you because these new people, like the kids who are getting this new vaccine, that's the real vaccine, are just as, like, they're not showing symptoms. They're just as immune as, like, the older kids who got the real vaccine originally. Right. Then there was influenza, the flu. Of course. You know, we love it. We love the flu. My God. Then, so in 1957, the CDC used their surveillance techniques to, quote, trace the course of a massive influenza epidemic. Close quote. Yes. Yeah. Trace Who it. Who is sneezing? Who is doing it? Wear a mask. Did you also, see the, the 1950s, big decade first, the CDC. Huge. Huge. Between the, the polio and then the influenza is like, good God. Yeah, they didn't like, have to we wait have... long to figure this out. <laughs> Two days of sitting there twiddling their thumbs, like do 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 do, yeah. And then suddenly it was like polio, influenza, go. Yeah. Oh my. Oh my. From the data gathered in 1957 and subsequent years, the national guidelines for the flu vaccine were developed. Did you see the recent? There was a photo going around about it was during the 1918 the Spanish flu, mm. where there were people sitting at some kind of sports match. With masks on, but it's like oh, they're no, really yeah. old photos. Yeah, I'll, I'll I've seen old ones of like there. There's a I think a photo that goes around of like three women walking outside and they all have face coverings on. Oh, and, and, but they're in like eight like it's like 1800s garb, and then this like these big like wrap around would look like kind of scarf thingies. Um, wow, because obviously they don't have like the masks, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But, elastic yeah, wasn't yeah. around yeah no those uh, yeah there's all sorts of photos coming from the spanish flu in particular and how people were uh, yeah. doing preventative measures yes back then yes even they knew even, even they, knew? they knew to cover and that was pre-cdc the spanish flu yeah like by they, a lot by a lot they would have been all over it yeah So over the next few decades, after they solved the polio thing and they got a handle on the flu, the CDC grew by absorbing all of the smaller programs that other agencies had started that were studying various communicable diseases. They were like, just just give them to us. Consolidate. We're the the experts. Just put it all under one roof. Absolutely. We have the woman power to do so. We do. Who are we kidding? There were no women. Hello. (laughs) So in 1957, they absorbed the venereal disease program and the first public health advisors. Perfect. Then in, yep. And then in 1960, the tuberculosis program came to them. 1961, they started working on immunization practices and the 
the MMWR, which like I kept seeing come up in when I was researching this, I kept seeing the acronym come up and I was like, what does that sound like? What is that? What is that? It is the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report that they issue. Perfect. Excellent. (laughs) Which they have been doing since 1961. Yeah. And that was around the time where they they also absorbed the measles, mumps, and rubella control. In 1967, they absorbed the Foreign Quarantine Service. I really want to know more about that. I know. Sure. That seems like a a dark horse. Yes. Seems like a good follow-up episode. Yeah. They absorbed a long-established nutrition program. At one point, they started doing family planning and surveillance of chronic diseases and just kind of, like, expanded their repertoire. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, we can do this and this and ba-da-ba, sha-ba-da-da. Yeah. I love it. A multi-hyphenate. I should have given this to you to read, but I'm going to read it and we can just get your reaction. You're going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) when okay so quote this is from the cdc when the cdc joined the international malaria eradication program and accepted responsibility for protecting the earth from Uh moon germs Uh and vice versa (laughs) the cdc's mission stretched overseas and into space close this is how this is how preventative got into the name (laughs) they were like there's some dude, there's some dude who was like, it was a clear night, and he looked at him and he was like, oh my god. <laughs> the moon. The <laughs> we moon. didn't think about the moon. <laughs> Look, I, I've gotten ill from the moon, for sure. For sure. I mean, the sinus infection I had back in March definitely was from the, the whatever, the che- the man in the sky, the cheese, isn't yeah. he a cheese, cheese man? What are they called? The him? moon is, if you watch Wallace and Gromit, the moon yes. is supposedly made of cheese. Ah, yes, yes. Cheddar. Cheddar. Yes, definitely got my, that's where my sinus infection came from. Yeah. I mean, I hope it's protecting us from moon germs. The moon's gross. <laughs> the moon is it's dusty. But you know, dusty. you know, some, like, some intern was in charge of updating the website. <laughs> and that's how we got moon germs. Yes, really. We're Look, the title germs. of this episode is going to be the CDC hyphen moon germs. Moon germs. Dead. Yes. Dead. But also, I love this and vice versa. Like, are we protecting the moon from Earth germs? Yes. <laughs> the fuck is that? Well, yeah, because if we, you know, if we bring our nasty ass selves to the moon, I mean, <laughs> God, Neil Armstrong was nasty. Yeah, they're honestly before he stepped out and was like one small step for man, whatever. They were like, Neil, wash your hands twenty seconds. You're yeah. not going out there until <laughs> sing it. Bring sing the Purell. Happy, happy birthday to Buzz. Twenty seconds. Yeah. Go. Happy birthday twice. Oh man, that's amazing. Yeah. Moon germs. Yeah, moon germs. <laughs> oh wow, great. I love that. That's really. Yeah. That's I really know. what this is all about. It's really. <laughs> That's why we do these things. People are like, the CDC, like, yeah, it's relevant, but, like, it's probably boring. And then you see this. There's always <laughs> something like this in these government agencies. There's all, always there's a rogue a- intern <laughs> who is making this job, ha- like, fun for us. Yes. And, just, you know, thank you, Joseph. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, man. I know. So going back to their actual work. In the mid-1970s and the early 80s, the CDC found the cause of Legionnaire's disease and toxic shock syndrome. Tampons. Yeah. 
Tampons. Don't. You gotta change that shit. You gotta change, ladies, change tampons. Recommended every eight hours, but maybe a little bit before. Yeah. So they were also working to find out the cause of a fatal disease that was subsequently named the Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome, also known as AIDS, and was first, they first mentioned it in an issue of their Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report, their MMWR, if you will, on June 5th, 1981, which was like pretty early. Yeah. Yeah, in the AIDS crisis, I feel like. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so interesting to to know that that was like the first reported case and just like how little the government did. Yeah. And how know, and how long how, they had to do something about it and how they just yeah. didn't. Like that, that they didn't, that they knew about it, and yet yeah. still Reagan refused to acknowledge that it even existed. Yep. Even though his own government was like, Ronnie. Ron. Ron. We have a crisis. Uh, here. It's real. It's here. It's real. It's here. But it's not all fun and games over at the CDC. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) They've had they've had some success, a lot of success at, you know, uh, researching and eradicating diseases and leading the public through various crises. But they have had some real shit moments, too. Oh, of course. Wouldn't be us. It wouldn't wouldn't be be us without somebody being just a little shitty. Just a little shitty and shady. Yeah. So there was a study conducted in 1932 that was then transferred to the CDC in 1957. So they didn't do the research, but they did later acquire this research in 1957. Mm -hmm. But it didn't make it to the press until 1972. The short version of this story is that in 1932, the government conducted a study of black men with syphilis. Mm. And they didn't. At the time, I mean, the penicillin had, was around in 1932. Right. And was known to be an effective antibiotic. Right. And the black men in the study who had syphilis were not given the medicine to cure their syphilis until right. the until the end of the study. And you're like, what? It's like, oh, right. We were racist. I forgot. <laughs> we're racist. And also, like, there, it's just there were no, like study protocols right i mean this, of, this is like the wild this, wild west this is this yeah is the they were like 1930s yeah so that so eventually like the cdc got a hold of the information they kind of they sat on it until 1972 until finally the press found out and then yeah so it wasn't their study but they didn't like they just sat on this information yeah so there's yeah. that the CDC was also criticized because of the 1976 effort to vaccinate the u.s population against swine flu which was the infamous, you know, nineteen eighteen, you know, Spanish flu. Oh, sure, Swine sure, sure. flu, Spanish flu, all of that. Yeah. Some vaccinees developed Guillain-Barr syndrome, which is a rare disease where the immune system attacks the nerves. No good. <laughs> not That's good. Definitely not what you want. Very bad. So the campaign, to, that vaccination campaign, was immediately stopped. The epidemic never reoccurred again, Great. thank God, because the vaccine that they had yeah. was shit. It was no good, no good. They're like, let's no just good. ride this one out. Yep. Love that. So, yeah. All right, let's talk about CDC directors. Oh, We're just going to kind of blow through some of these. Um, we're yep. not doing all of them over time because that's too many, but we'll start with Papa Bush. It's too <laughs> so, many. And honestly, like, many. who cares? So the head of the CDC is appointed by the Secretary for Health and Human Services. So now we're going to look at some of the appointments and see if you can follow the trends. Yes. So they simultaneously serve as the administrator for Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry. 
Yeah. Wow. Busy boy. Yep. yep. So the CD, the recent CDC directors are, so from George H.W. Papa Bush, William L. Roper, who has an MD and an MPH uh, from 1990 to 1993. William is currently the Dean of the School of Medicine and Vice Chancellor for Medical Affairs at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and the yep. CEO of UNC Healthcare System. Sure. Big and important. Very uh, health-oriented, for sure. Yes, for sure. Next after that was, of course, Bill Clinton. His first CDC director was his first CDC director from 1993 to 1998 was David Satcher. He went on to serve, quote, simultaneously in the positions of Surgeon General and Assistant Secretary for Health from February 1998 through January 2001. Long career in government and health. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. And then he was appointed a four-star admiral in the United States Public Health Service Commissioned Corps. Hell yeah. Love that. Yep. After that was Jeffrey P. Copeland, also an MD and a Master's of Public Health. He served from 1998 to 2002. After leading the CDC, he went on to become the Vice President for Global Health at Emory University, right next door to the CDC, the Principal Investigator for the Global Health Institute, and a co-founder of the International Association of the National Public Health Institutes. Like, very big, like, mover shaker. Sure. All right, next up is George W. Baby Bush. He only had, I mean, he had two terms, but had one director of the CDC. Her name is Julie Gerdberding. She has an MD and an MPH as well. She served from 2002 to 2008. When she joined the CDC in 1998 as director of the Division of Healthcare Quality Promotion, she developed CDC's patient safety initiatives and other programs to f- prevent infections, antimicrobial resistance, and medical errors in healthcare settings. Great. Yeah, so she was already doing really great work at the CDC. Yeah. Already really And George on was top like, hey, Julie, come on down. Come down. And she was like, all right, I'm here. Yeah, I'll move my love stuff it. down. To the bigger office. We love to see it. Yep. And then after that, of course, Barack Obama. He had one, also one director of the CDC. His name was Thomas Frieden, MD, MPH. Thomas served from 2009 to January of 2017. Prior to his appointment, he was the commissioner of the New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene from 2002 to 2009. He's moving up the ranks. And in the city, he helped ban smoking and trans fat in restaurants. Great. <laughs> Great. Great. We love to see it. Okay. And of course, last but certainly never least uh, is Donald Trump. Obviously, we're not at the end of his term, but he has had a couple of changes in here. So just bear with me. So first, we have Anne Shukat, who has an MD and is also a rear admiral, which we love. Yeah. She has served, she served from January 2017 to July of 2017. She was acting as the interim director. She is the current principal deputy director, rear admiral in the U.S. Public Health Service. And she is a career CDC employee who also held positions under Obama. So great. We have a transitionary person. Great. So after Anne, we had Brenda Fitzgerald, also MD, from July 2017 to January 2018. Cute little six-month term. Cute little six-month term. This information is coming from the Washington Post, Lena Sun, and Alice Kreitz. So after five months as the head of the CDC, she had failed to divest herself from investments that posed a conflict of interest. Oh, my God. 
Can yes. people stop investing? I know. It's really a theme throughout this presidency. Oh, my God. I just, yeah. So in July of 2017, she said that she hadn't, quote, divested from many stock holdings, but that she and her husband are legally obligated to maintain other investments in cancer detection and health information technology, according to her ethics agreement requiring Fitzgerald to pledge to avoid government business that may affect those interests. This led her to send surrogates to testify before Congress during hearings on cancer and the opioid crisis. To her credit, she did disclose this info in her ethics agreement. Yeah. But, and Senator Pat Murray, who we love, stated, quote, I am concerned that you cannot perform the role of CDC director while being largely recused from matters pertaining to cancer and opioids, two of the most pervasive and urgent health challenges we face as a country. Yeah. Yeah. She, like, I mean, Pat- yeah. If you have to recuse yourself every time there's an issue of cancer or opioids. What are you doing as CDC director? We can't do that. That's like yeah. all we're doing. Right. And Senator Patty Murray was like, this isn't right. Then you just yeah. shouldn't do this job. Yes. Then perhaps this is not the job for job you. For you. And she did, like, disclose that she had these. Yeah. I mean, I find it a little weird that, like, legally they have to have these investments. I was like, bitch, please. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Legally, I have to invest in cancer. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Seems odd, but okay. But I love that Penny Patty Murray was like, no. Nah. No. Nah. No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So that was that was Brenda. And then after Brenda, we had Anne Shuchat again from January to March of 2018. A reappearance. Yep. Oh my god, Anne was like, oh okay. <laughs> I just got everything back the way I wanted it. Now I gotta move again. Move it back. All right. Yeah. So she had a quick, quick couple month stint uh, again as an interim person. And then finally, we landed on Robert Redfield, who's MD, from March 2018 to the present. Yep. And this information is coming from The Atlantic, Ed Young. So Redfield has treated HIV patients and people struggling with addiction, which is of use to tackle the national opioid epidemic. Yeah. An article in The Atlantic characterizes the nature of his background in this way, quote, in the mid-1990s, Redfield oversaw a clinical trial of an experimental HIV vaccine at the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research. He was accused of manipulating data from the trial, sloppy or possible deceptive data analysis, and overstating results in a number of talks and publications. After an investigation, the military cleared Redfield of misconduct charges, but the Army never provided an explanation how it reached its conclusions. Despite clearing him, military investigators chastised Redfield for having a close relationship to a nonprofit called Americans for Sound HIV AIDS Policy, ASAP, to a degree that is inappropriate. ASAP is now known as the Children's Aid Fund and was found by evangelical Christians. It has championed abstinence-only education as a method of combating HIV and other approaches grounded more in religious belief than scientific evidence. Robert. I thought you would like that one. Oh, my God. Absolutely not. I know. Just don't have sex and then you won't get the HIV. I know. 
I know. Uh, And we're not done. Furthermore, in 1985, he supported an unprecedentedly large program of mandatory HIV screening for the military against the recommendations of the CDC and other health professionals. Perfect. Don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. The Atlantic continues. uh, After testing positive, many recruits were barred from service while several active soldiers were segregated in a breach of any patient confidentiality. They hunted out the gays, and then they kicked them out. <laughs> sure, of course. Pat Murray once again weighs in. We love to see it. Or Patty yes, Murray um, uh, once again weighs in. For these reasons, Senator Patty Murray and the ranking member on the he- Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee wrote a letter to the White House expressing concerns about Redfield's appointment and that he has, quote, taken no action to distance himself from these prov- uh, positions. Yeah. Yeah. So during I mean, his, his, you know, when they were going through appointing him, she was like, uh, <laughs> he want, he like, not only did he want to manda- like make mandatory testing for everybody, for H- HIV testing for everybody in the military, which clearly is designed to like find the gay men mm-hmm. and like kick them out of service. Right. Because only gay men can get uh, HIV. Right. You know. <laughs> right. But also, you know, breaking patient confidentiality and disclosing the test results of, like, the results of all yeah. this testing. Like, there's, as a doctor, like, you don't do that. Yeah. And he never, when they were looking to appoint him, never came out and said, like, you know what? The 80s, it was a different time. We, You know, medical whatever was different back then. And I don't hate the case. Like, he never mm-hmm. put any distance between that. And so Patty Murray was like, really? This really? one? This is the next best you yeah. got? Yeah. Well, it's also like we're in the middle of the AIDS crisis and you're over here. Right. You know, altering test results. Right. It's like, my dude, my dude, I'm no scientist, but we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to do that. I know it's bad when I cheat on a test. Sure. But you, yeah, you cheat for sure. For for sure. sure. For sure. So that's, you know. That's who we got right now. That's who we got right now. Every, Robert's like, leading the way. <laughs> presidents used to come into office, you know, with a sound judgment about who was going to lead the important agencies in mm-hmm. our fair country. Yeah. And we had two two term we had two two term presidents who had one CDC director the entire time. I can't even imagine. And now <laughs> in a span of short, you know, what, four years, three years. Almost four, but three and a half. We've had four different CDC yeah. directors. Yeah. Just insane. So let's talk just the, the CDC does so much. We couldn't possibly attempt. We could attempt, but this would be an this eight hour be podcast. A, yes, absolutely not. <laughs> and who wants to listen to that? Um, so we're not going to tackle everything the CDC does. We're just going to give you like two smatterings of important things that they're currently working on just to give you an idea of yeah. what they do. Yeah. So the first is the Division of Diabetes Translation. Great. It supports public health programs and national organizations that identify people with prediabetes, prevent type 2 diabetes and its complications, and they improve the health of all people with diabetes. So they're like looking for the people with diabetes. They're trying to prevent. So if you're like, you know, pre-diabetic and they're, you know, talking about how you can go 
from, you know, how you can reduce your risk of becoming diabetic, usually mm-hmm. through like weight loss and management of diet, mm-hmm. et cetera. These programs have helped millions of Americans reduce their risk of diabetes or prevent life-threatening complications if they already have the disease, which is actually like, it's like a big undertaking to like tackle diabetes because there's so many factors and there's different types and there's, you know, so that's one of the things that they're working on. Love that. Yeah. Then the second thing that they are working on is promoting health for infants. The CDC works to prevent premature b- premature birth, support breastfeeding, and promote safe home environments. The CDC works to give infants this foundation by promoting strategies to reduce preterm birth, which is delivery before 37 weeks of pregnancy, which can cause lifelong health problems. Um, it works supporting breastfeeding, one of the most effective preventative measures a mother can take to perfect to protect the health of her infant. Although I will say, I just like want to aside, like there's, I don't know, like I, I completely understand that, but it's also like, just want to give space to like, if you can't breastfeed your child, like that's also oh, for okay. Sure. You know, like, yes. I really yes. don't like it when that's like not addressed in the same span of like talking about breastfeeding, like, you know. For sure. For like, sure. No, there's like, for some mothers, like breastfeeding is like uh, a luxury. Yeah. It's luxury, it's and lu- the other mothers, it just is not an option. And, you know, yep. either way, it's correct. Whatever yep. you decide to do is correct. It also gives infants this foundation by promoting safe sleep recommendations from the American Academy of Pediatrics and monitoring deaths from sudden infant death syndrome, or SIDS, and other causes that may occur when an infant sleeps in unsafe environments. Yep. Sure. And educating families about the dangers of secondhand smoke exposure and helping mothers and other family members quit smoking. Yeah. They're doing yeah. so much. I mean. Yeah. These are like two vastly different yeah. things. And they're both huge. <laughs> yeah. Huge. And like you know? so forward thinking and really yeah. holistic and like their approach to promoting health for infants. You're like, all right, doctor's visits. Yeah good formula you know like yeah, <laughs> they're like, like no. no no we got this like safe good sleeping sleep. environment no pillows <laughs> no blankets right yeah it's every- everybody quit smoking like yeah. you know they're really you know looking at the whole big picture which yeah. i find very reassuring yeah me too look yeah. i am i'm i'm pro cdc i certainly when yes. it comes to what's happening right now i will happily listen to scientists over anybody else i feel like we all should and i you know i at least feel like while there are missteps and i would say sometimes mismanagement i think the mission of the agency is where we want it to be and yeah. the work that they are doing sort of across the board is beneficial to yes. all Agreed. So, we salute you, CDC. Uh, you know, best of luck with <laughs> with what's going on. A very it's a very busy time to be at the CDC, but you know, like Thank their you website for is all you do. Yeah, their website is super helpful for any coronavirus information that you yep. want to see. I highly recommend checking it out. It's all there. You know, like what they suggest. It's you know just helpful it's just a helpful little agency so that's our episode that's our 70 of them yes honey well that's seven zero another decade down (laughs) 
Very exciting. (laughs) But as always, um, we love you so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us. You can review us. You can also subscribe to us. We love you so, so much. And we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.